Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Uh, this week, this is the week that our uh, groups kick off, and so if you haven't gotten signed up to join a group, uh, go online today, get on the Church Center app, find the group that's right for you. Uh, child care will be on Thursday evenings, and so if you are needing that, then uh, find a group that's on a Thursday evening that would be the best fit for you. And we're excited about a great semester of groups as we kind of head into the fall and takes us all the way to the holiday season. And uh, I'm going to jump right in. But uh, we're beginning a brand new series today uh, that we're calling Reset. Somebody say Reset. Somebody say Reset like you mean it. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be uh, for the next several weeks in a series that we're calling Reset. And I'm going to jump right in today. And I've titled this message, uh, if you're taking notes, this is kind of the introduction to our series, if you will. Uh, it's Pressing the Reset Button. Pressing the Reset Button. Uh, and I, I have the definition. I looked up just uh, a real simple definition of the word reset, and I think we have that on the screen. Uh, to, to reset, it means to set again, to set, adjust, or fix in a new or different way. To set again or to set or to fix or to adjust something in a new or different way. It's this idea that when a bone is broken, it needs to be reset. It needs to be put back in the right place and held there for a period of time so that it can heal properly, so that it can, it can get back to its original form. It's this idea that if something is priced incorrectly, come on somebody, you've been trying to sell something and it was priced incorrectly, that the price needs to be reset. <laughs> there needs to be a change. Something that happens, there's a reset. It's this idea that when our priorities seem out of whack, they probably need to be reset. Reset. And so uh, here's the reality as we jump in today. We've all been through a lot. Uh, and some of us continue to go through a lot. And I don't know where you land on the spectrum of COVID-19 and what's going on this year and the season that we're walking into over the next few months and there has just been a lot going on in our world. There has been a lot going on in our country. There has been a lot going on in your life. And I know that you know this. Uh, and, and I think that some of us have leaned into bad habits during that time, during the season that you've been walking through. Come on, somebody. Can we just be real at church today? Some of us have leaned into bad habits during this time. Some of us have lost a job during this time. Some of us have been sick during this time. We've worked longer hours because of this time. Some of us have wondered if things are ever going to be okay or if they're actually going to get worse. Some of us have been so focused on the news and other things that we have slipped into a place that God does not desire for us to be in. And so this, as we kind of head into this fall season, we're going to focus on some things in our lives that may need to be, come on, say it with me, re Set. Reset. There might need to be, as we're talking about today, a moment where you press the reset button. Come on, has anybody thought that 
about the year 2020. And I, no condemnation or whatever. I think if if we ha- if we will allow it, if you have been allowing it, 2020 could have been one of the best years of your life. Because there was so much that was shaken up, priorities that were shaken up, things that were shaken up, that if we would lean into the place where we're supposed to be leaning into all along, that it could actually be, see, some of us are like, man, if I could just reset, I saw this, I don't remember if it was on social media, if I heard it on the radio or what it was, if we could just start over, if we could press the reset button on 2020, and just start this year over. And I don't necessarily think that God would have us to start this over. I think that what he has been trying to do and using what has been happening is to try to reset some things in our lives. And can we just be honest for just a moment today? There have been some of us that have been stiff-arming what God has been trying to do in our lives in 2020. <laughs> we have been we have been like, ah! I don't want I don't want to change. I don't want to reset anything. Like things were good. Can we just go back to normal? And I don't think God desires for us to do that. I think that there's some things he's been trying to reset through this year. And so I want to talk about over the next several weeks about this idea of things that need to be reset. And today um for kind of the introduction to this series, we're going to begin in 1 Kings chapter 19. So you can follow along on the screen. We're going to read 18 verses. And right before these verses, uh, it's important for you to know that Elijah has just defeated uh, the prophets of Baal. There has been this severe drought, and God has answered his prayer for rain. And these great things are happening, and you would read right before this, and you would think, wow, look at everything that is going on. Look at everything that is happening. And then we pick up the story in 1 Kings 19 and verse 1. It says, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had, come on, anybody know that's that's a bad day right there. (laughs) I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night, but the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Get out and stand before me on the mountain. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? 
He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Haziel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi. There's some great baby names for you. To be king of Israel and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Meholah to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Haziel will be killed by Jehu and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. Now I want to take, uh, take a different spin on these 18 verses, if you will, for the next few minutes. Because I felt like when I was reading this, um, I felt like the Lord specifically gave me just these, these little phrases and it was this idea of pressing the reset button. And I think you're going to find yourself somewhere in this. I think you're going to be able to look at your life and say, wow, that is, that, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. That's, that's, that needs to be my next step. That needs to be the thing that I walk into or what have you. And so I want you to lean in for a few minutes. And I want to just I want to just share with you as quickly as I can what I feel like the Lord told me to give you today. Um, four things, and my hope and prayer is that you find yourself maybe in all four of these, and that the Lord is able to do a reset in your life. That there are going to be some things that are going to be reset as you walk uh, walk this out. And so here's the first thing that might be the reset button for you. Point number one: stop running. Stop running. Now, when I was originally reading through this and I was preparing this, I had three points and this was not one of them. And when I thought I was finished and I thought I had all of this, you know, it's like, oh man, Lord, that's good. That's going to help somebody. And then I went back and I read it again. And at the very beginning, I felt like the Lord said, you need to tell somebody to stop running. Somebody need, like, like if you want the Lord to reset in you, what needs to be reset in you, you're going to have to stop running. And we see it at the very beginning. It says, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. Elijah, May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Elijah has just seen God do miraculous things. These prophets have been defeated. There's a severe drought. He prays for rain. Go out and look for the rain. Oh, I don't see anything yet. Come back seven times on the seventh time. Hey, I see this little bitty cloud. And before you know it, there is rain in the land that was in a severe drought. The Lord answered his prayer. And then right after that, Elijah is in a place, and I wonder how many of us feel like or have felt like we're in this place. I wonder how many of us were excited about our relationship with God. We were excited about our word for the year. We were excited about making progress and what God was calling us to do. And then COVID-19 happened, and everybody started running. And some of you hadn't stopped running yet. Oh, I'm coming for you today. 
And I feel like the Lord told me to tell you, stop. If you want me to do in you what you are wanting done in you, if you want there to be a reset, if you want to, to walk in the things of God, if you want to be in the right place, if you want to, like, stop running. Stop running. Have you discovered yet that trying to run away from things happening in your life doesn't solve anything? It doesn't solve anything. Are you, or are you running, you know, to numb or running to worldly things? Or maybe you're running from your calling. Maybe you've been running toward things and people that are not good for you. Maybe your reset button today is for you to simply, your first step is to just stop running. To stop running and looking for the answer and turn to Jesus and say, you have to be the answer. You have to be the solution. Stop running. Here's point number two. Be honest. Stop running. Be honest. First Kings 19.4. I love this. We just read this a minute ago. Then he went alone, on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough. This is a quote. I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Elijah stops the journey, he sits down, and he begins to tell God in a real honest way how he feels. I have had all that I can take, take my life, I just want to die, I'm worn out, I don't know where to go from here. Come on, some of us just need to be honest. You need to be honest with God, and you need to be honest with somebody. And in order for God to be able to reset some things in your life and you don't know what's going on in you, there needs to be honesty. Like in my time with the Lord, I'm going to be brutally honest with how I'm feeling and what I'm struggling with. I'm going to find somebody that I can talk to and share what's going on on the inside of me. Be honest. And I love this because basically, Elijah, the way that I read it, he says, I can't take anymore, and I just want to quit, and I even want to die. I just, I, I, I've had enough. I've had enough. Listen, while there might be some truth in what we're feeling, many times the enemy will use how you're feeling to lead you to believe a lie that paralyzes you mentally and leads you into fear and other things that you don't need to be walking into. There might be some truth in how you're feeling. Your feelings are valid. Your feelings matter. But what the enemy likes to do is take how you're feeling in a moment and twist it and make you believe a lie that then leads you down a path that you don't want to go down. And here's what I've noticed about bringing things that we struggle with mentally and emotionally and how we're feeling and bringing those things into the light with honesty is that we usually discover that all along we've been believing a lie of the enemy. The thing that was tormenting you so much, the thing that you just didn't know, I just don't know where to go, I don't know what the answer is, I don't know. Like, Be honest. Be honest. We do this all the time. We come into church and we're like, how are you doing? I'm just great. I'm just so good. Life is awesome. Sometimes there needs to be some honesty. 
Find somebody, get with the Lord and tell him. Come on, he already knows how you're feeling, but he, he loves for you to tell him and talk to him and communicate with him. And then find somebody. Find somebody that you can talk to, that you can be honest with. Elijah in verse 10, when I read verse 10, he, I hear someone who's trying to serve God faithfully and feels like he's the only one. Like everybody else is dead. Everybody else has been destroyed. Like I'm the only one that's serving God. I've been trying to serve you faithfully. I feel all alone. And I wonder if you've ever felt alone or I wonder if you've ever felt like the only one serving God in your family or like you can't go on anymore. We have to be honest with God and with somebody about the struggle. Here's the third thing that might be the reset button for you. Come on, are you with me? Here's point number three. Come on, about half of you are with me. That's all right. Point number three, receive provision. Receive provision. 1 Kings 19, 5 through 8. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Come on, have you ever read this and just thought about this for a minute? You'd be sleeping, and all of a sudden something wakes you up, an angel wakes you up, and you look around, and you're like, oh, there's some bread and water. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> you know, if you're like me, you'd be, I was asleep the other night. I woke up, and the radio in the in the dining room had come on on some AM station. It was just staying. I'm like, who was in my house <laughs> that turned this thing on, right? Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. In the midst of Elijah's breakdown and this struggle, God comes along and provides for him in a way that renews his strength. It says it gave him enough strength for the next 40 days for him to travel. And what if many of us are more focused on making our own provision rather than receiving the provision that God wants to give us in our lives? Maybe one of the things that God wants to reset in you is that you find your hope and you find your provision in him. And not in what you can do. Not in how much you can do. Not in if I just did a little bit more. Not in, well, I've just got to make it happen. Well, I've just got to make it get there. I've just got to make it work out. i just got to work a little bit harder. Come on, there's nothing wrong with hard work. But at the same time, we need to be able to receive God's provision. I'm not talking about not working hard and being responsible and fighting against laziness. I'm just saying that if we continue to try to do everything in our own strength, we're eventually going to burn out because we were never meant to rely on our own strength. Some of us have been trying to make it through. If I could just make it through in my own strength, if I could just make it through, if I just do a little bit more, if I just sleep a little bit less, if I just do this a little bit more, if I do that a little bit less, and in our own strength, and you find yourself in a place where you are worn out. You are worn out. And I think today God is saying, I have everything that you need. I have everything that you need, but you won't come to me to get it. You won't rely on me to provide it. 
You're trying to do it and trying to make it happen, and there's nothing wrong with working hard, but you've got to be able to rely on God ultimately as the source for everything that you need. And the angel shows up and says, if you don't take what I'm giving you, you're not going to be able to make it on the journey. You're going to need this strength. And I think that this is a physical type of food that Elijah was eating to gain strength. But I also feel like it could be a picture of our need for God's provision and strength to walk into the next season of life. God has what you need if you'll go to him to get it. He has what you need. It's a picture of how he can refresh us, he can equip us with what we need for what he's called us to do. And come on, sometimes his provision may come through something that he leads you to do. Come on, you go to him for provision and he says, go do this, go fill out that application, go over here and talk to this person, go over here and write this down, go over here and do this. And that's how he's going to provide for you. And sometimes it might be miraculous, right? In this case, Elijah wakes up and angel, hey, you need to eat something. And miraculously, there's bread and water there. That may happen, but sometimes you, you're going to go to the Lord, and I would say probably more times than not, you're going to go to the Lord and say, God, I need your provision, and he's going to lead you in the direction that you need to go to receive what he has already prepared for you. You've got to be able to receive his provision. If we're not allowing the Lord to provide what we need in the place we're in now, then we won't have the strength and provision through him for the next place he's taking us. If you don't get the provision that God has for you right now, then you can't sustain when you get to the next place. Some of us are just praying to get out, praying to get to the next season. And God's like, you don't have what you need. You don't have what you need to get there. Like if I just picked you up and sat you in this place, you wouldn't have the provision. You need to receive right now the provision so that you can get to that place. So that I can take you there. He wants to provide for you. And here's the fourth thing that might be the reset button for you, for many of us. Two words again. Draw close. Draw close. Stop running. Be honest. Receive his provision. Draw close. I'll go ahead and bring the worship team back. 1 Kings 19, 11 and 12. He says, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. For some of us, we have walked away from the intimacy and the closeness that we once had with the Lord. And we need to repent and draw close to him. We need to draw close to him. Here's what I find interesting about this part of the story is that God could have spoken through the windstorm. He could have spoken through the windstorm. He, he spoke to Job from a whirlwind. God could have spoken through the earthquake. 
Anybody ever read the story about how God used an earthquake to free Paul and Silas, and ultimately not even really for that, but ultimately to see the jailer who was in charge of watching them and making sure that they didn't escape come to salvation? God can use the windstorm. God can use the earthquake. God could have spoken through the fire. Come on, he spoke to Moses in a burning bush that never burned up. God could have spoken through all of those things. But if you read the story, it says, but God was not in that. God was not in that. God was not in that. But the last thing, the gentle whisper. How many of you know that the only way you can hear somebody whisper is when you get close? I cannot hear you whisper from the back of the room. I can only hear you whisper if we're close. And what if we're looking and waiting for God to speak in a loud voice or show us something through a major event and God all along is saying, will you just get close? And we're like, God, show me a sign. Get close. God, like, do some miraculous thing that showed, like, speak to me in this lap. Like, I just need to know. I need to hear you. And, And God's like, Get close. Get close. Get, like, draw close. Draw close to me. And here's what I find interesting. As the story ends, it says that when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told him, Go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, and he says, Anoint this person, anoint this person, anoint this person. Go go find Elisha, anoint him. He's going to be the one that's going to take up what you've been doing. And then at the very end, he says, Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal, or kissed him. Listen, in this moment with the Lord, God set him back on course. God gave him direction and instruction. God changed his perspective. He was back on mission. He knew exactly what to do. He realized he wasn't alone. Come on, maybe the reset button for you is for you to draw close. When you get close, you get direction. When you get close, you get instruction. When you get close, You can hear the whisper. You can hear the next thing that God wants you to do. When you get close. Maybe God's desiring today to get you back on mission and to give you direction and to show you a new perspective. And I love the way that James wrote it. We quote this a lot. It's James 4.8. He says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Listen to me. A lot of times we skip right over the second half of this verse. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Can I ask you a question? Is your loyalty right now divided? I'm like halfway in with God and halfway in with trying to do it on my own. I'm halfway in, like my loyalty, like I'm loyal today to God and 
tomorrow I'm loyal to this because I'm hoping that maybe this will provide, I'm hoping that maybe this will make me feel better. I'm hoping that this will maybe do something for me. If your loyalty is divided today between God and the things of the world, draw close to God. Draw close to God. Will you stand to your feet today? Listen, doing all the right things in life, doing all of the right things in life does not produce the reset that God wants to do in you. All of this comes, come on, you got to, oh, God, you got to hear me. You can walk out of here today, I'm going to do that, 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 and in a week you'll be like, I don't feel nothing. Nothing changed. Listen, it's through what Jesus did for you and me that he paid the price for you that gives you the ability. Come on, I'm talking to I'm talking to believers. I feel like what, what, what the Lord is wanting me to tell you today. Listen. Stop running. Stop running. You got a bad word. I'm running. Stop running. Run to God. Draw close to Him. Be honest. Receive His provision. Come on, we're going to wear ourselves out trying to figure things out and trying to know what's going on here and trying to know what's going on there when we can just turn to God and say, you are my provider. You tell me what to do. You show me where to go. You show me what application to fill out. You show me who to talk to. You show me what to pray. You show me who to be around. You show me who to bring alongside me. You show me who to have in my life. Like, you are my provider. There's a reset. Come on, for a lot of us. We've been through a season. And God wants to reset some things in your life. But I think it starts, I, I think it starts, number one, you've got to receive Jesus. You've got to receive salvation. You've got to receive the love of God that he sent his one and only son to die for you so that you can have eternal life. You've got to receive that. When you receive that, then I believe that for some of you you, you, you may need to stop running. You may need to be honest. You may need to receive provision. You may need to draw closer to God. Your loyalty is divided and you need to draw closer to God. And he will draw close to you. I believe that this semester of Grow Groups, it's, I think it can be a part of the resetting of some things. I do. And I know there's some of y'all don't believe a word I'm saying. And you hear about groups and you're like, I don't care how many times you say groups. I'm not going. <laughs> it's another night of the week. I'm just telling you. Don't kill the messenger. 
I'm just telling you. I think that groups, getting in a group, community, relationship, growing, sharpening each other, doing life in this way, it is a part of the resetting that God wants to do in your life. So I am asking you again, we're going to start this week and next week I'm going to ask you again. We're going to be three weeks in. I'm going to say, listen. <laughs> Get in a group. Get in a group. Well, I don't have time. I can't, I can't afford to. You can't afford not to. You can't afford not to. Here's how I want to end before we sing this song. Because in just a moment, we're going to declare that ultimately we're not enough. That our desires for him to meet us, to meet us here, to be our Lord and Savior, to be our provision, to be everything that we need. But here's what I want to do. You're in the room right now. You say, I need to stop running. I need to be honest. I need to receive my provision from him. Or I need to draw close. Or I need all four. I want you to raise your hands right now. I need to stop running. I need to be honest. I need my provision from him. And I need to draw close. I need my loyalty is divided. I need to draw close. I'm I'm one foot over here and one foot over here. And let me just tell you today, that's not gonna get it done. It's not. You need to draw close. And so God, right now, with every hand raised all across this room, God, people responding to you, responding to what you would have us to do. Lord, I pray for those right now that have been running. They've been running to things to numb. They've been running to things that they don't need. They've been running to things to try to fix it. They've been running to things that are not of you. God, I pray right now that they would stop running, that you would give them direction right now, Lord, that they would stop running from you, stop running from the problems, stop running from your calling, that they would stop and they would turn to you. Lord, I pray right now for every person that needs to be honest. Lord, those of us that are in this room, probably every single one of us in this room that have so much going on on the inside of us and so many thoughts going on in our head and we just need to get alone with you and be honest and find somebody else that we can be honest with so that we can get that thing and bring it into the light and most of us are going to realize that we've been believing a lie all along and Lord I pray right now for those that need their provision from you they've been striving they've been trying they've been working they've been doing and Lord there's nothing wrong with those things but today we say you are our provider you are our provider we need a job you provide you lead we need direction you provide you lead and lord those of us probably everybody in this room that needs to draw closer to you lord i pray that you would draw us all oh, that you that we would whatever it takes god whatever the cost that we would draw close to you and when we come close close to you you come close to us oh we want to hear your voice We want to know what the next thing is. We want to know what you're calling us to. We want to know what your word says. We want to know who you are. God, I pray today that this would not just be a message that that ends in this moment, but Lord, that you would remind us. Remind us that we need you. That we're nothing without you. 
that you are everything that we need in Jesus' name.